them forever, yeah My home is now a distant land If I had one wish, I wish I could be Back on the rock in the middle Hello, of the sea And talo for love <laughs> My name is Emeline Falahola Taukivea And my name is Eugene Tom Tukumoyatu <laughs> Um... And welcome to Rock on the Mainland podcast. You want to let them know how we know each other? Um, the long version or the short one? <laughs> the long one, for sure. The, lo- the long one or the short <laughs> one, huh? Um, Emma over here, uh, she is my sister-in-law. Uh, I'm married to the family, um, the Taukivea and slash Yongi. Uh, shout out to all those uh, last names over there. Um, her sister is my wife. So yeah, that's how we we know each other, and you know we're pretty much uh, blood related. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> um, okay, let's tell them about uh, how we came up with this podcast. Eugene, let me start. Eugene came over to my house um, to visit my boyfriend, and he practically begged me to do a podcast. <laughs> That's how I recall it. Is that how you recall it? I think uh, <laughs> I think it was it wasn't something like that. I think we were talking about my passion. You know, like uh, we we over here in the state and mostly here in Utah, we don't really have. We do have a radio, um, the Tongan radio that also you know like you know on on Sundays and stuff like that. But we don't have like a, a Latino Latino kind of radio station where it's. 24 7 mm-hmm. and stuff like that so you know i just want to give to the community and kind of uh bring that passion to help people or sh- or serve them in a way that i can mostly those that migrate from the islands over here so when they get over here they're not in a culture shock or anything else i definitely agree something i think that uh we had really dug deep into and talked about that night was um looking at people that we know people that um are like us polynesians whether you're hawaiian tongan Samoan, fijian whatnot um come here and just seeing how big of a culture shock like you were saying it is to be on the islands versus here now you have more experience on the islands because I came here when I was really young. I was born in Tonga, but we moved here when I was young. So um, I don't think it was too much of a culture shock for me. I think the biggest culture shock is trying to adapt as a person of color in America, even though we're so diverse. Yeah, I, you know, like my my culture shock when I got up here was just the language. Mm-hmm. And understanding what was going on in Utah and or mostly over here in America, because, you know, they say this is where the land of the free right. and, and stuff like that. So when I got up here, it wasn't pretty much that. Yeah. You know, you had to work for paying the bills or staying in your home. If you don't, then pretty much you get evicted. Yeah. So and, and stuff like that. So <laughs> now. Yeah. Evicted. <laughs> So um, I thought it was interesting when we were talking about it and then we decided that maybe we should do a podcast because we don't know of any podcasts that are for Polynesians. And so um, like we were talking about Rock on the Mainland, um, (laughs) 
we thought it was funny because Maine is spelled like a horse mane and he's a he's a someone and I was wrong and so you guys can put that together. <laughs> we did want to um to talk about things as far as um just finding cultural differences in each other ourselves and and also being here in America and trying to adapt to the American culture. So um, we're hoping that this podcast is going to let all of our listeners know, um, or not know, but be able to relate. We want to be able to relate to people that are in the same situation as us um, and just trying to implement our culture, Polynesian cultures, uh, with the American culture and, and live and succeed here. Um, before we move on to our main stuff, we want to give a shout out to Jose with Lane Vision for producing this podcast. Yay! Yay. My man, Jose. <laughs> my man, Jose. Uh, correction, my man. <laughs> I can't even deal. So thank you, Lane Vision, for all yeah. of the equipment, for taking the time tonight um, and every other week when we come back to talk to you guys. Yep, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, I just got a text from him as well. I don't know about you. But he's checking <laughs> you on me. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, so, Gene, why don't you tell us about you? Where are you from? Where were you born, raised? When did you come to America? So, um, I was born in American Samoa. It's a uh, territory to the United States. Um, and then... Uh, my parents migrate from um, uh, from Western Samoa to American Samoa to find a, a better life, you know, um, in a society and and things like that. So that's where I came in. Um, right there, I was born in uh, in American Samoa. Grew up in Pango Pango, and then in the nineties, probably ten years old, we moved to Western Samoa. Oh, yeah, and that'll be the island of Upolu. That's where I was. I was pretty much close by Apia Park. That's where the Manu Samoa and uh, and a lot of uh, rugby, cricket, and uh, you know, like just right there. Um, that's where everything was for sports. And, Cricket's you know. a big, a big sport there. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a big one. It's one of the Samoan culture culture thing. The mm-hmm. sport as well as playing crickets, and it's a, it's a fun sport. But I never wasn't into it i almost feel like cricket is a big sport in a lot of countries other than america <laughs> like i feel like a lot of people that i talk to people from africa or people from new zealand yeah or india yeah like yeah, india india Europe. yeah yep they're really into it um a lot of you know it's a it's a one of those i think it was a europe kind of thing for them to play cricket it's a it's an international um, sport as well, mm. so it's well, I never, you know, play that game. It's for those guys. It's for those guys, yeah. not this guy. Not this guy. <laughs> this guy's is too much for that sport. <laughs> okay, and then when did you come here to America from Western Samoa? So uh, I got here back in two thousand and three. Um, I oh. think that was no. I think it was beginning of the winter i think that was fall time uh november Mm -hmm. um that's where we got here there was a group of us that came from american samoa there's a program called job corps and uh, we had a recruiter down in uh, american samoa that's how we got up here 
uh, Job Corps is pretty much run by the the state as a government um, uh, program mm -hmm. for those kids that are, are unfortunate. When I say unfortunate, are uh, from a bad background um, or you didn't even have a, a good education as well. You can have an education over there or trade or rec, uh, work related kind of thing, like a mechanic, uh, being a culinary arts, plumbing. Oh, and stuff so like Job that. Corps is like a trade school. Yes. And then they flew you here, uh, or you like enroll and then have to try to get here? No, we, we catch a, a, a whale. Uh, his name is Charlie. <laughs> yeah. No, you're a whale rider? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's story for another day. <laughs> uh, no, we flew out here. Um, our recruiter told us to just wear a polo shirt, you know, white shirt and whatever. But we all decided to wear shorts, diggy shorts. Well, that's one of the biggest, you know, uh, thing out there as well. So we wore that and some were um, shoes and some were on uh, flip flops or they call it sandals or silipa. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So we got up here and then bam, snow was out there. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> in your shorts. <laughs> so we we kind of enjoy the you know the first moment of getting here. So it was a, it was a good opportunity for us to see what snow is look like and how cold is cold. That is amazing. Yeah. I feel like when so I was born in Tonga and we came here. I think when I was like four ish. And we came here in the winter, too. And I don't really remember too much about, like, the transition phase from there to here. But I do remember when we pulled up to my uncle. We lived with my Uncle Bill when we came. And I opened my eyes, and it was snow. And I don't think I got out of the van for, like, 30 minutes. I was so scared because I didn't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was like a huge shock to me was to see that and not know what it was. And I feel like people here, especially in Utah, um, they're just so used to it and it's something that's normal. It's here for pretty much half the year and stuff. And so for them, I know my cousins were like, what is the problem? Get out of the car. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one thing that, you know, relate to it. It was a. You know, in Samoa, it was weird. It's a small, it's an island. Mm -hmm. You know, you can get around a, a day on it. But coming over here, it was a big, you know, like, it was really big. Like, mm -hmm. I can't even grasp how big it is and, and stuff like that. So mentally, it wasn't, try to soak it in, but it was too much. So did thing. you come straight here to Utah? <laughs> yes. Oh. Yes. And uh, it was a, it was a, you know, it was an interesting flight too, you know, and, and stuff like that. So, we we had a connection in Hawaii. So we flew from American Samoa to Hawaii, and then catch another flight from there, and then L.A. and then here to Utah. Oh, okay, so, so you we lied had to, to a connection. Me. It wasn't straight here. Yeah. <laughs> so you went to California first. <laughs> and Hawaii. Like I said, it was it was a really. Um, yeah, it's a, it's it's big, and it was one of those things we talk about. It. It's just yeah, it's just a, it's a wild thing. Yeah, you know, Especially look at going from state to state. Oh like, my gosh, how many more? 
And why does it take so long to get there? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely agree. So um, what are some things that you have seen culture-wise that are different from Samoa to America? I think uh, for my experience now being a parent, um, you know, having a daughter um, of our own, it's the, the upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up back in Samoa, everything was about family. You take care of family first before anything else. Um, when I say that, uh, growing up, it was, you know, like I know my place in the family. I know my number. Um, and, you know, like where I stand in that family. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's one of those things. And it was so many things about it, you know. Education was one of it as well, but I think it was more of the family than anything else. Okay. Um, if I go out of, you know, if I do something that that will affect the family, mostly, you know, on the negative side, you know, the family, they will ask, it's like, whose son is it? You know, like, they'll go by, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it's, you know, it's so-and-so son and, you know, and then it, it hurts the family. It's pretty much, you know, like that. And yeah, it brings pride in what you do. And at the same time, it, you know, it gives that, you know, negative things aside of it. I definitely agree. I think, um, let me find this quote. So there's this quote that I had seen one time and it says, although spread across the Pacific Ocean, all Polynesians are known for the strong sense of family. With the rich ancestral history, their ancestor worship brought their reverence a deep sacred meaning. And I think that that's true, like for any Polynesians, regardless of what island that you're from, they do teach and preach family, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I don't really know, like, tell us about you growing up there, how you felt like um, that part of the culture, putting family first how how you think that was implemented in your life or how it was brought to you and how you learn, like, even if your parents weren't always, like, family first, family first, family first, like, what are some things that you think growing up had really taught you that, like, um, the depth of the meaning family? Um, I think it's, you know, it starts off with, with religion. Mm. Um, like, I remember my grandparents and everybody will get together, you know, like from every, you know, we have our land, but then we have uncles and aunties' houses around, you know, on that land. And then in the morning, we'll all get together in one house, and that'll be grandma and grandpa's house. Mm. And, uh, you know, we say the, the prayers before anything else. And we're talking about, like, you know, my, my, grandma, my grandpa will recite a scripture from the Old Testament or the New Testament. That's how I grew up into it. And he'll talk about, you know, take care of the family first or anything else. And, you know, and after that, then I start my day by just washing the dishes or whatever that's out there in the kitchen or picking up the the leaves of, um, you know, from the trees Mm -hmm. and stuff like that before I go to to school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then there you have grandma or mom over there preparing for our, if we have, you know, leftover from the night for some little snack for them in the morning then we go to school and get ready for our uniform and and things like that and yeah when you come back you know you got your 
your chores again to do, mm-hmm. um, prepare the food for the evening time. And those are, you know, a few things that I like about it. And in the evening time, when we're about to serve food, we always serve our grandparents first. Oh, you know, like the like grandparents and our parents. And then we serve them first. Mm. So we give them the best out of, you know, the, the cooking and stuff like that. We give them the best. And that is respect, mm-hmm. you know. And then after that, whatever is left from there, we'll, we'll go with it. You know, and it's it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. You know, growing growing up, it's it was, but now, you know, having a family of my own and growing up here in the states, I really regret thinking like that. Mm, that you it know? was a bad thing. Yes, it was a bad thing. Mm. You know, because that was giving, you know, that it's like a veteran. You know, like we give the respect to those vets mm-hmm. because they serve for the country. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty much like that. You know, the, the grandma and grandpa, they built the family. Yeah. You know, and then they, pa- you know, pass that down. So now we're giving the respect to to those guys. So, you know, it's pretty much the respect and, you know, g- give gratitude for, you know, now we're here. You know, you have a family of your own and I see. you got to take care of that. I like that. I feel like um, <clears throat> growing up for me, I don't know if it was cultural or if it was just the way that my parents had raised us but um i think what had really shown me um what really shown me how family should be was um just kind of like how you were saying you know we we always did things together we would read scriptures every morning we would pray every morning and pray at night um always together as a family we would have family home evenings, you know, that's something religious and stuff. And so, but it was always just centered around being around family. Even when we went on vacations, (laughs) it was like, we would go on vacation to go and see family. It wasn't like, we're going to go on vacation to, you know, just be by ourselves and go on this amazing trip, you know, by ourselves. But the amazing part of the trip was to go and see family that doesn't live by us and and to stay connected that way like one of my one of my most favorite things that we would do as as kids was to go and see my dad's my dad's brother in Reno and just going and being able to bond with my cousins in Reno that we didn't ever see every day um, but being able to keep that strong bond with them and even still now like I don't really see them too often. They do live here in Utah, but I feel like when we do see each other, we just pick up right where we left off. And I really feel like that was my parents instilling the importance of family and, and connections. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, our, the, the Samoan culture and, you know, we, the way that we talk, the way that we stand, Mm -hmm. you know, the way that we, we represent, ourselves because we are someone's mm-hmm. you know the last name we carry with us yeah but we are someone so whatever that we do out there is an except it's, it's pretty much a standard mm-hmm. expectation is high yeah you know it's and sometimes it breaks me down you know because i can't you know get to that standard you know and, and stuff like that but the culture itself it's pretty much a simple culture where we serve each other mm and look out for each other in mm-hmm. times of need um, or 
in times of trouble and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, you know, I really don't want to dive too deep into it because I might get lost, you know, in the culture is because they do go deep yeah. on that one, the meaning of it. But, you know, Ainga means pretty much everything, you know, like mm-hmm. Hawaiian is Oana and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I appreciate that because when you go around and here in America too, when I, when I, you know, proposed to my wife, that was the first, first thing that my, um, you know, grandparents and uncle asked is like, what's the last name? Mm-hmm. You know, genealogy yeah. is so big. Yeah. And then, sure. you know, make sure that <laughs> first cousin or second exactly. cousin. Stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was like, hey, I'm Samoan, all right? <laughs> last name is Tongan, but I'm Samoan. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's one of those things. And you are so, so amazed when they see the genealogy tree. Mm-hmm. And things like that. It really is. Yeah. It's crazy to see um, the connections. But I think that that's something that I I find very important is just kind of knowing family. I I know I haven't um, jumped into genealogy too much, but I am grateful that my parents and some, some of my sisters do know a lot of the branches on our tree. Um, so that, you know, when I meet somebody or whatever, I can always ask them, hey, are we related to this person or, you know, whatnot? Because I feel like I'm related to every Tongan. <laughs> so you have to be careful. <laughs> yeah, you got to ask uh, Cindy or, or Leo, huh? Yeah, or mommy and daddy yeah. and just see. Um, and but But even still then, even if it's just something like, hey, I met somebody at work or whatnot and just trying to find that connection I feel like is just um, amazing in our culture is that we are just born and raised to have a yearning to find that connection with people that we're related to. Um, okay, so how old were you when you came here from Samoa? I'm not saying anything. <laughs> they going to age you? <laughs> All I know, I'm still young, guys. I'm still young. <laughs> <laughs> I I got up I I got here in Utah when I was uh 22 turning 23. Oh, okay. So, so yeah. you you were you really grew up in Samoa. Yeah. Okay. Um and another thing that kind of catch well I remember is that when we when remember my grandparents would tell me to take uh you know one of the the dinner to to a next door neighbor for another you know, grandma and grandpa, you know, mm-hmm. just a next door neighbor. Mm-hmm. And it's just for them. So whatever it's here, before they eat, that's what I remember. It's like, the grandma and grandpa and the other family. Okay. So that's one thing that I know. And then they'll do the same thing too, mm-hmm. to our grandparents, you know. And like you say, you know, we take care of each other mm-hmm. and things like that. So when we come out here, when I say when I when they see my face or I say my last name, they know my my dad and my mom. I love that. And it's just because of what my grandparents and what my parents did, mm-hmm. you know, back in the island. I didn't notice, mm-hmm. but it's something that you know it goes a long way. I love that you say that. There's a that that reminds me. We have like growing up here in America, we had this uh, cute little Palangi lady that lives on the next block on the corner. And her name is Connie. And she was like our grandma. Um, 
or we treated her like that. We would make goods or we'd have extra dinner or whatnot, and we would always take it to her. Around Christmas, we'd go caroling and things like that. And she's not related to us in any way, but I think that that as well was teaching, my parents teaching us, like, you know, she's older. Uh, we need to respect her as a grandparent. Um, she did things for us, like, my favorite thing that she would do for us every year was to cook us um, homemade um, chicken noodle soup. Oh my gosh, everything was homemade, except for the chicken, obviously, but like the noodles <laughs> were amazing. And I feel like just just seeing that and maybe implementing that um, as part of our culture to look out for people, uh, to respect our elders and things like that, it really had just taught me um, that and I think that I can implement that in my life now. We have neighbors that live, uh, our neighbors, they're older, uh, an older couple. And anytime that we have extra food or we bake cookies or whatnot, I always tell my kids, you guys need to go and, you know, take it to them. Go and check on them. When you see them outside, make sure that you say hi. And I think here people just think that we're just being neighborly. But I think it is part of our culture that we take mm -hmm. care of the people around us. Yeah, because, you know, like we don't stand by ourselves because yeah. there will be a time where we needed help mm -hmm. and they know who we are. You right. know, it's not going to be an easy thing. You know, it's not going to be a hard thing for them to they're like, ah, you know, it's it's <laughs> we don't know them. So yeah, it's, okay. it's like, ah, we don't know them, <laughs> you know, but, you know, the more you speak about chicken, I'm hungry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got some chicken in here chicken girl <laughs> just kidding <laughs> just kidding yeah <laughs> all right so now that we talked about uh growing up and how we were raised let's talk about parenting now you were talking about how you have a family now i have children of my own as well um parenting now in america how do you think um from culture-wise, growing up in Samoa and being so engulfed in that culture, that deep, rich culture, and how do you parent now in America and try to implement that culture, or do you? Um, Man, I have so many great experiences. Oh, <laughs> <you tell. laughs> Let me show some scars when I'm telling you guys about the great experience of having that. Okay, so... My dad was pretty much a caretaker for our family. He's, you know, he was pretty much the one that was working. Okay. My mom was staying home and taking care of us and the mm -hmm. family. Um, you know, like we, the thing is with growing up over there, it was, it was the standard itself. Um, the standard of the man working or? The, I think it's the pride. Okay. You know, pride. Mm -hmm. When I say pride, it's not like prideful. It's it's the pride of of who you are. Okay. You know, in that family. You know, make like sure your role yes. that you play. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, you know, my my dad expect us the boys to take care of things in the house when he leaves. Oh. Where we're pretty much the, you know, where mom is protected and our sisters are protected mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So I believe it, it goes with any you know, culture over, over here as well. Mm -hmm. But they say... I think that's interesting. Sorry to interrupt you, but I think that's interesting that you guys took care of things inside the house where we, when we were growing up, we took care of inside the house. Now, I have six sisters, 
um, and then my little brother came later, but I have, or five sisters, I'm sorry, I'm the sixth. So I have five sisters and then my parents, and um, my dad always just worked, and then he would come home and take care of, like, the yard and stuff, but, but us girls were expected to take care of inside the home, cooking, cleaning, taking care of mm-hmm. the babies and stuff like that. So I think that's interesting, your difference of the the boys would take care of the inside of the house too. Yeah, I mean, we we were pretty much multitasking, you know, like uh, okay, cooking. <laughs> I was cooking, you know, um, getting to everything. I was climbing the coconut, you know, um, you know, at the plantation, you know, taking care of that. And then bring some some food for the family for the evening time and mm. and things like that. While my sisters will be taking care of you know like inside the house. But like I said, we were pretty much all around mm. um, to take care of our own. You know, mm. even though that we know our place, but we still you know take care of everything else. And if one it's not there, then we take care of that. Um, one thing that I know that my dad always talk about it, and this is the Samoan culture, is that the brother always take care of the sister. Yeah. No matter what. Even though the sister is older, but he will take care of the older sister no matter what. Mm-hmm. Because they, there's a saying in Samoa, ole kufinger or maka. So it's that middle part of your, your eye. Your people? Yes. Okay. So you know when you when you, you cover your face, you don't want that to, the vision to go away and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's kind of, it's a metaphor. Okay. You know, you got to protect your vision is because when the vision goes out, you can't see anything. Mm-hmm. So that's where we come in and protect our sisters and oh, I love in any that. case, in things like that. So the woman is the pupil of the eye. Yes. So, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that I really, I am grateful that, you know, I grew up in a, in a good, hard um, culture where, you know, we as men, you know, a protector and ter- caretaker mm-hmm. of that. And at the same time, we, we have a self, uh, soft spot, you know, soft part of our of us as well. Yeah. You know? So, so how do you think you implement that culture growing up to your parenting skills now? So um, parenting, so this is a real fact. That, like my parenting always, you know, like it's, like they always tell me, but the second time, it won't be a, a telling. It'll be a, a follow of the land of the hand on you, you know, like <laughs> and stuff like that. So we, we, you know, we all we all grew up in that generation where you know the sasa mm-hmm. will be the first thing, and then explain or question, you know, what what did you do? And uh, you know, comparing that to my daughter, um, it's it's different with America, you know, where this is not Samoa. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I if I discipline my daughter, I discipline in a way that is different from Samoa. You know, um, Sasa, yes, there will mm-hmm. be a Sasa, but not like a Sasa where, you know, she's not going to she's not, you know, in the future, she's not going to come to me. And, you know, I'm not a protector kind of way. I see. I see. You know, that that kind of thing. So we. So now you speak first before you hit. Yes. <laughs> But sometimes that someone will pop out. <laughs> oh yeah, it's the laying of the hands. <laughs> I love that. 
I believe there was one time that my da- my daughter and my wife were were doing a, a homework and um she wasn't listening. Mm-hmm. You know, like my, my wife is helping with the homework but she was not listening. So I was just in the living room just watching T V and my wife got fed up, you know, and then she says like babe take care of her you know like she's <laughs> expect me to kind of bring her down and talk yeah. to her nah she, i i grab the belt flip her around and then i spank her with it <laughs> my wife's face just like what just happened my daughter's <laughs> face was shocked with you know because it was it was powerful and 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 quick uh-huh. and uh, my daughter just like walked to the you know when i spank her i you know, I saw her, her behind mm-hmm. with the belt, and then she went to the room and she cried, and then sooner later, sooner my wife was crying too, so she went to the room and they both cried. <laughs> they both cried together. Yeah. Oh, sad days. <laughs> Bunch of crybabies. <laughs> so that's you, funny yeah. that you say that. I feel <clears throat> like, like us growing up, you know, like I said, there were six of us girls, and then my brother, and um. I just remember like growing up and hearing the stories of like my older sisters, Lillian, Cindy, Loretta, Evelyn, even of like how they used to get disciplined back home and stuff. And then, and then we were here in America and my dad used to do the whole laying on of hands as well. And then we come here to America and my parents parented differently. Um, I think, here and maybe it was the culture maybe they were just tired because the four must have been really bad <laughs> <laughs> uh, who are those four are you talking about <laughs> Lillian, Cindy, Loretta, and Evelyn. there you go it's out there <laughs> but no what's funny is I feel like me and Fatai we just we kind of just like ran ran free and I remember a lot of times growing up my sisters were like why do you guys not get hit why do you guys like they're so easy on you guys you know oh, yeah. and stuff and and I, I I wonder if it was and I always get around with it and I'm like well you guys must have been really bad because mom and dad retired by the time it got to us <laughs> you know what I mean but mm-hmm. it, it might just be a cultural thing as well coming here to America and they it just is. know that you know it's got to be a little bit different. it is with my siblings my young siblings that would be Tommy Gordon and Joe mm-hmm. you know I think uh the laying of the hands was done after us, the grownups, mm-hmm. except the other two, you know, serve our mission. And then the other two were in the military. And then we came back and, and talked to our parents, you know, it really hurts us, you know, um, not physically, but mentally, mm-hmm. you know, the way that it was. And, you know, and coming over here in America, it was another culture, you know, so like, mm-hmm. Samoa, yeah, Samoa. But here in America, that's, you know, we follow by the American the land, the law of the land mm-hmm. and things like that. So we 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 kind of advise and, you know, kind of give a, you know, give our thoughts like this is America. You know, we don't want the government, the you know, the police or stuff mm-hmm. like that to come out here to because be of that because pretty much it's a child abuse. Yeah. And things like that. <laughs> Discipline. <laughs> it's pretty much is a discipline thing, but this uh, this young ones that in our family they took it in a different way. So they got lucky because they, 
you know, they didn't have the the heart, you know, sasa. Yeah. From the parents. Uh my oh my gosh, it was really hard for my parents, you know, because they sorry, they grew up in we grew up in that. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard for them to because now they had to adapt to change, right. you know, and yeah. It was a good change too, mm-hmm. you know, for them to now Especially for you. Yeah, now it's <laughs> yeah. That's why none of my nephew and nieces come to my house because when they come here there's no fun and play. So like, hey, outside, pick up the trash. Make sure downstairs is vacuum and clean the windows. No, I definitely agree because I feel like, you know, growing up, it was very much like my dad was the stern disciplinary figure in the home. And so we would try to do things that we knew weren't right and then hope that just mom catches us because then mom's just going to sit down and talk to us and tell us what we did wrong and all of this stuff, you know, and every once in a while she would be like, okay, I won't tell dad, you know, (laughs) but we knew if dad knew, oh no, like my ear would be ripped off from my head. That was his favorite thing. Oh, wow. (laughs) You know, I feel like it's, it's interesting to see, uh, the difference there how the role of your mom um being in the home was she a disciplinary parent or was she more the comforting come to me talk to me yeah comforting yes that would be a a option for her mm-hmm. the b option will be the sasa oh you know but when she's sasa it's not a like a that sasa <laughs> yeah you know like she'll just say like, it's it's pretty much like a you know a pinch and a you know like that's how it is I remember we were teenagers one day, and I can't remember. I think that it was that me and Fathai were playing or something like that, and the house wasn't done and stuff. And so mom came down, and she was so angry this day, and she was so angry with us, and so she was, like, spanking us. And then she just sat there. She was, like, trying to fall her hand because it hurt her. <laughs> Like, why did you guys make me do that? <laughs> so I definitely agree. I feel like my mom's definitely was not like my dad's. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really it's just not in their blood. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, and that's that's the thing. You know, that parenting it was it was a different time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm really to tell you the truth. I'm proud that I grew up there. You yeah. know, and and the experience that I have, mm-hmm. because now I have two way of experience. Mm-hmm. You know, that way of life that I grew up into, and the American way of life. Yeah, and and stuff like that. So every time when I, I t- I talk to my daughter, I reminiscent of my days. Mm-hmm. You know, and how it was. You got it so easy over mm-hmm. here, and you, you got so many opportunity. Yeah, and back in the island, we had to make something to make something happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's. It's things like that. So when we, you know, when we come over here, we do fouls and stuff like that. We know, yeah, you know, and when we work, we know how to work and stuff like yeah. that. So they don't have to micromanagement or anything mm-hmm. else at work, too, because I put my best into it because it's something that I grew up into. it. It's pride. You yeah. know, when I do something, it always come back to, to that. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. And, and, and what I thought was interesting and in what you were just saying is, you know, we come here and there's so many opportunities. And that's something that I wanted to bring up too. Um, in this podcast, I would like to share with our listeners um, also 
benefits that we have here in America. Um, you were saying like we have to work for everything that we have there. And, and one of the things that comes to mind when I think about that, um, because I agree growing up, my parents, they really just worked so hard so that we could have what we needed and some of what we wanted. And um, I think because America is just so full of opportunity and stuff like that, there are also um, government resources that we can utilize here. I'm not saying that, you know, breaking your back and working for what you um, working for what you have is a bad thing. But also, I think as Polynesians, we get really prideful, like you were saying. Um, so there are resources out here for people that are. Um, financial resources such as food stamps um, and we'll put a link below um, anybody that might need financial assistance um, or or help with food even I think because America has so many opportunities sometimes it's a little hard for us to be able to grasp those opportunities or when we are in a rut so um, like say for instance the food stamps um, program it's it's made for people to be able to um it's kind of like a bridge you know you're you're going and everything is smooth and then you come across your treading water so this is going to be like a bridge to kind of um, help you get back on your feet so you can spend your money on on doing back payments or whatnot to to get back on your feet and stuff and i think that that is something that people um people especially especially um people like us, Polynesians and stuff, you know, they don't really know what resources are, are out there and available. And all it is is an application. So we'll we'll put that link below just so that you guys can um, take a look at that if you guys are in that kind of financial situation. And I think um, that we don't need to be too prideful. You know, we do live in America. Um, all of these opportunities and, and the land of the free and some of that is we all know that people need help sometimes. And just like how we had talked about helping others and things like that, we want to be able to help anybody out there that might need help by giving you guys resources um, to be getting into that. So um, yep. let's see. I think uh, I had a good experience with a uh, food stamp. Um, growing up in uh, American Samoa, there was this one time, I believe we, we had a, you know, where my mom uh, was applying for it, and then we, we would qualify for it. Mm -hmm. um, mind me, you know, this is the young age. I'm, I think I'm still in, uh, um, I think, elementary, going to junior high. Oh. Something like that. Mm -hmm. So having a having a food stamp was really awesome for me, to tell you the truth. <laughs> I could go to the store, grab me a soda, noodles, um, you know, whatever I wanted. You know, it was it was right there. So... You know, like it wasn't money, but it was help at that time because, okay. you know, my dad was struggling for 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 a minute over there. Mm -hmm. But my dad, my mom was, uh, we were fortunate enough to to get qualified for that. Yeah, you know, and then just having that, it was like we got cereal, juice, milk, <laughs> you know, ketchup. Oh, I love ketchup <laughs> <laughs> and mayonnaise. Oh man, that combination right there. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know it, it's just it was it was something to help our family and in yeah. that time frame when we were struggling you know yeah. and it, it was a blessing mm -hmm. you know i i'm not going to shy away from it but yeah it was a really good thing i even i i think i i stole some few paper you know 
footstep. So you guys have the ones that were like yeah. vouchers? Yes, like the... yes, yes. That's the one. <laughs> I've never seen those, but I've heard of them. That's when the I one. got food here in America, it was the card. You get plastic and you can go and swipe it. It's like a visa. So yeah, it was it was a good thing, you know, at that time. I didn't know the the meaning of it, but it did help our family. Yeah. For that struggle time that we had, mm-hmm. you know, and it benefited our family for a little time that we were struggling mm-hmm. and then and you then, go right back up yeah and i think that's like um the benefit of you know all of these resources that we have available to us here is that it's always just a it's an aid you know um not meant to be a crutch where it'll it it, it might continue to cripple you but it's only supposed to be temporary um to help you get to where you need to be um i think when we talk about food stamps it reminds me of um the new selena movie or the series (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah i remember that episode (laughs) so so they get uh they get approved for food stamps or whatever and abraham is so prideful and does not want to have food stamps um and so he he goes into the store with ab and the younger what is her older sister i forgot the name of the older sister the drummer Dang it, what is her name? Anyway, so... Let's just call her a drummer. Suzette, that's right. Suzette the drummer. <laughs> Suzette. Suzette and A.B. And he's sitting in the aisle after they have filled their cart and stuff. And he's like, these are food stamps. And we should not be too prideful. And, you know, this is fine and all this stuff. And he gives them, like, this huge pep talk that says, all right, I'll see you in the car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and walks out and I thought uh, it was just so funny because I feel like I can relate to that. I feel like when I had food stamps, too... Um, when I first got them, I think just because of the way that we grew up, you know, if we wanted something, we had to work really hard for it. And I never saw my parents struggle. Um, it was just always a stern no. And maybe that was their way of being like, no, we don't have the money for it or whatnot. But my, I do know that my parents worked really hard. Um, and so I think when I grew up and became an adult and had to be on food stamps, to me, I was, it was more of like a, I'm ashamed because maybe I didn't work as hard as I should have to be able to get what I needed and I didn't look at it the other way so I guess when I had it I was more in like an Abraham mindset where I was ashamed I would pull out my card and pull it out with like my ID and other cards and then I'd swipe it real quick and then stick it back in you know so people wouldn't even see that it was a food stamp card like that's how ashamed I was and it wasn't until it wasn't until I had to get food stamps again that I was like, I have got to look at this differently and realize that because we're in America, we have funds to be able to help people out. And it was a time that I really, really needed help. Um, and maybe I was too prideful to go and ask my parents. But I, I feel like it's um, that's one of the benefits of, of living here in America is all the resources that we have to help us. Yep. Um, okay, so taking all of this into account, how can we as Polynesians adapt to the American culture? Ketchup and mayonnaise. (laughs) 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 I think it's, um, like, uh, so I, I coach, I coach rugby. Okay. Here in, uh, the Davis County. Shout them out. Um, What's their name? So uh, shout out to uh, LCA Rugby Club. That's a high school. 
uh, rugby club and as well as uh, I run the Antelope Island Rugby Club Woo-woo. up here. For That will be the men's premier division. That will be the men's uh, side of things. Such a fancy name. Men's oh, yeah. premier division. Yes. Um, Antelope Rugby. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Like I said, I'm young. Put me in, coach. No, because I hear that you get injured every time. Don't put him in, coach. If you guys hear a name, uh, a guy named Morsby, uh, don't even ask him a question. <laughs> he got, he got all the evidence of that. Like we need to have him on the show. <laughs> oh man. So, um. So for for that, I you know food and stuff like that. I mean it's it's a shock because you know we work for our food. We we mm-hmm. plant our food. We you know we pretty much grow our food and and we have our own you know air for for whatever and the sea for for fish and and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know and and it's it's everywhere. We we have to work to grow it. You know. Um, like a garden and stuff like that. We call it plant plantation back there. And we have so many of uh, what you call it, uh, uh, or parks, uh, okay. what you call it. Um, we pig. Ha- we, yeah, pig. Mm-hmm. We have that one. So we, you know, we feed them. And then after that, they feed us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yum, yum. You know, um, chicken as well. We have that. Um, you know, we, we have cows um and things like that so but one thing that we we're into it it's box of lambs and turkey tails mooly peepees and stuff like that and you know all those good food mm-hmm. and but like i said you we cook those food for us to to eat you know that yeah. night so we after school we go back and prepare the food for the evening for the whole family mm. and things like that you you got tallow yams, bananas, papaya, you know, all those good stuff that uh, I missed um, over here. And you guys would just do it like in your backyard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got it. You know, we got our land and, and things like that. So it mm-hmm. grows right there, you know, and things like that. So, you know, we got uh, basio, passion, guava. Um, I don't know if I'd be able to live off the land like that, to be completely honest. Um, I feel like growing up here in America, you know, we just go to the grocery store and buy it. And I remember this one time, I can't remember, there must have been like a wedding or a funeral or something like that that we were doing. And um, my daddy had brought home a pig and killed it in my backyard and I went outside after hearing it squealing for like ever and then it just like stopped and I was like okay did that really happen in my house like what is happening and I remember going to the back and I opened the back door and it was just like blood everywhere and I was like oh my gosh and I was mortified (laughs) and then I became a vegetarian for a year and a half wow that's where you get your food from. That's where, you know, like that's that's the real, the truth right there, you I know? I know, and the it's so funny and... because people are like, what do you mean? Like that's what happens every time that you buy, you know, yeah. pork chops or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but I saw it. Like that was so hard for me. But I feel like that's why I'm saying like I don't know if I'd be able to live off the land like that. I'd be really skinny. 
Oh, man. I mean, really skinny. There was um this thing I had. So I Google a lot of things and I just um, I thought it was so funny. Thank because you, Google. <laughs> my boyfriend and I were trying to um, do like dieting and stuff like that. And so I had put in because I'm trying to figure out like not so much like a diet, but just like a new way like a new lifestyle right and so Mm -hmm. i had actually googled why are polynesians so big so i googled this because i'm trying to figure out what it is that i eat that makes me so big you know what i mean (laughs) and so what had come with this and this is i feel like this is the answer that i'm gonna go with it says evolution (laughs) evolution for adaptation made that a Polynesian's body is now more able to stock energy, fat, glucides, glucides, I don't really know, and etc. It is why we Polynesian ethnicity tend to grow up big and strong because we tend to stock energy more easily than some other people. All lies. It's all (laughs) lies. If that was true, why am I still small? Mm? Mm? Tell me that. Are you so small? I am small. I don't care what what other guys tell me. I'm small. <laughs> okay, Thomas, tell me what your uh, <laughs> tell me what your favorite dish is, cultural dish or favorite food. So my favorite food will be oh my gosh, it'll be lamb um, fried with uh, laupele. And What's that? Uh, it's it's I can't tell. I'm I'm not gonna say anything just to to uh it laupele is pretty much like a uh, cabbage or something like that but it's a it's a it's a plant that grows we we took up the the leaves and then we cut it mm-hmm. and then we just you know fry the, the mamoy and then you know with it so it's pretty much like a cabbage over here but it's we call it laupele so i don't oh. know what what's the english language <laughs> word for it english <laughs> language english. Okay. So and then and you know with to top it off it will be falifukalo, like you know, and and you know things like that because everything is fresh. Mm-hmm. You know, it come mm-hmm. off. Like, we're not going to Walmart and you know they try they try to keep it fresh, you know. But I don't know how long it was in that box. So when I say fresh, <laughs> we just pretty much from the plant itself. Uh, yeah. You know, like it's mm-hmm. still fresh and everything is. You is know still, it's fresh. Oh yeah, you got it because I grow. <laughs> You know, right. Yes, I took care of that, and now it's taking care of me. <laughs> I love that. That is your motto in life. Yeah. I took care of that, so now it's taking care of me. Ketchup and mayonnaise. <laughs> I feel like my my favorite is blue. Um. So like here, here I I I don't know if they do it back home. I haven't been back since I since two thousand three, but. Um, wow, that's here been they long. Do. I know, so long. Don't ask me how old I am or how old I was when I went. Um, but here they do like a lot of like chopped spinach um, and they like bake it in a pan and stuff, which I like. Well, I only like my mom's like that. But mm-hmm. they also have, uh, I really like the ones where it's like foiled, the big leaves and like actually cooked that way. That's really, really my favorite. The color leaves. Yeah, yeah put it in the, is yeah. my favorite. That mm. lamb meat, it's always so tender. Oh, it's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Okay, now I'm hungry, so we have to finish. Yes. 
I'm really hungry right okay, now. Okay, so taking all of these into account, all of the cultural differences that we've talked about tonight, how do you think we as Polynesians can adapt to the American culture? Um, and I, I guess, how do you adapt to the American culture? Um, that's a good question. Um, it took a it took a while for me to adapt mm-hmm. to the American life because nobody prepared me for it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, growing up, we didn't have anything called budget. Um, you know how to budget our money because over here, everything is about that green dollar, yeah. that green paper. Definitely. You know, um, and then over here, you always look to the future. Mm-hmm. And back in the island, we do look to the future, but you know, we have our land. We're not paying anything for our land yeah you know and and water and stuff like that we're so blessed down there you know um when people say you know samoa you know this and that i'm telling them straight samoa is a blessed island samoa is blessed (laughs) and continue to be blessed um you know over here i i learned something else you know to be um well educated with the money side of things and then how well to take care of myself while I'm here. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I'm looking into the future retirement. I'm looking into how, how my daughter's going to be, you know, like, you know, teaching what I didn't learn to her when she grows up. She doesn't go through that struggle or that gap that was, I was in it to learn how to be smart mm-hmm. in things that she does because you know things won't will go won't go easy yeah and then and sometimes you know you, I'm someone my wife is tonguing we're both Polynesian people will look at us too in the skin you know to our skin and stuff mm-hmm. like that um yes it's a bad thing but at the same time be proud of you know who we are and mm-hmm. take that step to prove them wrong. Yeah. That we are we can be smart mm-hmm. in way, you know, in the way that we we speak, you know, mm-hmm. present ourselves into them. We don't have to you know, put ourselves down. Yeah. And things like that. So I definitely <clears throat> agree. I think um adapting to American culture here, even though I've done it all of my life, but now being a parent as well, um, I think that my parents did a really great job in in implementing our culture and um, our roles in our culture and in the home and things like that because I like you were saying it's it's such a deep rich culture that Polynesians have regardless of what island that we're from and so I think you know now having um, I have four girls and so just kind of teaching them slowly uh, when we go when we go to family events and things like that, trying to tell them while we're there, this is where you stand. Um, you know, you're going to be in the kitchen this time or you're going to be, you know, out there um, helping out with everything else and stuff like that. So just kind of trying to teach them uh, where they need to be as far as our culture. Also um, implementing anything that I've learned from my parents and stuff. But just like you were saying, understanding that we are, um, who we are. Uh, three of my girls are half black, and then my youngest is um, Miko. And 
I feel like just them understanding both sides of their culture and being proud of that here in America. We're so diverse here, but I feel like because of the diversity, we can get lost really quickly. Oh, yeah. And lose culture yep. and where we're from and, and, and what we know we are and stuff. And so I think that it's, um, I think that it's important now implementing our culture into our, into our daily life. And I want to um, read you this quote that I, that I love. It's from um, an, an NFL player. His name is Troy Bolamalu. Do you know that guy? Oh yeah. He's, he's pretty much <laughs> my cousin. cousin. <laughs> yes. When I check into the genealogy, Troy Polomalu. So. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, uh, he's my first cousin. I thought so. Yeah. So if you hear this, Troy Polomalu, we're family. You guys you know, are just all to let family. you know. <laughs> so <laughs> he's a really good person, you know, on and off the field. If you, if you look at his, uh, his life story, as a football player and hear from other people how he presented himself. Yeah. You know, he didn't just pick that up from whatever. I mean, he, he did with, you know, with his journey, but he got that from the family mm. where, he, you know, mm -hmm. that's where it was. That core is from the family. Yeah. So when he speak and presented himself that, you know, it goes all the way back to the roots. It's to the family. I love And, that. you know, and that's where he, he got it from. I love that. And I feel like that, um, just like you were saying, so here's this quote. It says, all of my Polynesian counterparts in the NFL with roots in American Samoa understand how the values embedded in our South Pacific culture, community, hard work, uh, perseverance, respect, contribute directly to our success. And I think um, I love that quote because I do think that going through life and, you know, adapting to whatever uh, situation or, or uh, surroundings you might be in. I think that just having those core values and being able to implement that um, is very important. Culture, we're, we're all about culture. And, and to me, I feel like my culture is very much about family and respect. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you cannot ex escape that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's who you are. Mm -hmm. um, plain and simple. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like I got siblings that are growing up and they're in the American life now, you know, like they're entitled to whatever that they got, you know, like uh, things like that. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I say that, because I have the experience I lost. I lost my identity when I got here. Yeah. You know how mm -hmm. to how to be respectful and how to, you know, like um, to be hard work and stuff like that. It's just because of. America, yes, mm -hmm. it really changed me. Mm -hmm. um, and we're talking about for a minute. When I say for a minute, it took me a while until my parents, you know, moved from Samoa to Hawaii, Hawaii over here to me. Then that's where I got my identity back. Mm -hmm. It's because of my parents, mm -hmm. because they were still counseling me. They still like, you know, being parent, Reminding even you. though I have a, a wife and, you know, a family of my own, they were mm -hmm. still there, you know, and, and I respect that. So, you know, if, if you're Polynesian and you're half Polynesian or whatever, your identity is you, you know, like it's yeah. scary with you and things yeah. like that. You cannot escape it. Yeah. And I feel like that's uh, like you were saying, it's, it's hard to make sure that we um, can still implement that. But I think that that is something that you have to consider and remind yourself of um, every single day. Mm -hmm. um, I think that we can put our minds or we can do anything if we put our minds to it. 
um, today is a perfect example. We officially in America have the first officially. woman vice president. Yep. Yay. <laughs> and she's a woman of color mm-hmm. too. Um, so I think today was another was another great day to um, ensure us that the world is still evolving. Um, we're still being able to see people for who they truly are, regardless of their skin tone, um, where they come from, their culture, all of that stuff, uh, cultural differences. Um, I think that we need to teach our children to remind ourselves that we too can do incredible and un- unthinkable things. Um, we should not allow ourselves to think less of each other ourselves, our children, siblings, parents, all of that. Um, But we should be a light to each other. Let's encourage each other to be our best selves while implementing our culture, community, hard work, uh, perseverance, respect, and happiness into our daily lives. Yeah, I I like that because, you know, anything that happens, mostly drama in the family, my mom always says, like, see, just forgive them, Mm -hmm. love them continually. Okay, and now I'm over there. So like, whatever. <laughs> not that guy. Not this time. Cut <laughs> off. Got to go. <laughs> Cut off. I'm done with that. You know, I need no drama in my life. <laughs> yeah. And stuff like that. But that's what you know. Like, we laugh about it, but that's what my mom always said. Mm-hmm. So like, just forgive them. You know, continue to love them. And this is my mom. Like, forever, she always does that. You know, and and things like you know. The love is still there. Yeah. And I believe any mom will always say that to, to a child mm-hmm. or a grown-up child like myself mm-hmm. in, in that way. Yeah. I think we're, we're very fortunate um, <clears throat> to have parents who are still carrying that deep, rich culture and that can always remind us <laughs> mm-hmm. um, of where we came from and, um, and, and who we should be. Oh, and yeah. implementing that into our lives so yeah like moana what are you gonna like sing moana. it i'm not gonna sing <laughs> anything <laughs> you know that's another good uh you know movie right there for you know it, it, it's a cartoon but it has that value as well yeah. for a teenage uh girl that wants to find something but the parents are still holding to the roots of you know, they thought that was something for that for her, mm-hmm. but she had a different calling of stuff like that. So at the same time, she was confused. Yeah, you know, in that path, and you know, things work out in the end of it. You know, like it doesn't have to be someone kind of related or a Tongan or a Balangi or a Miko, whatever. It just related into your culture and how you grew up into it, mm-hmm. and then you know, all cultures bring different and unique um variety of of knowledge mm-hmm. you know and you know i work with with different you know, ethnic uh, people you know like culture background mm-hmm. and i just learn from them and i even you know they talk about their growing up and the food that they love and stuff like that it's like man that's awesome mm-hmm. that's really awesome i think that's a benefit too of being here in america and having your own culture is being able to share with people but then also because America is so diverse, being able to see other people's culture. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's important um, us as Americans to be able to see to see those, accept them, and, and really try to understand other people's cultures because I think that's the only way that we can learn to adapt. Yeah, I think that's America right there. It's the diverse of people that migrates here. Yeah. 
you know exactly um, if i my dad loves history and he look into you know the history of america how the migrate the migration of people you know migrates in here to do something better yeah from where they were okay. you know um whatever cause that they want to move from there to here you know mm. just to better themselves and then after that they want to better their family members mm-hmm. you know this is where we want to you know make our mark so agreed yeah. agreed well i think we need to stop talking so we can eat the chicken lady's amazing chicken, chicken. <laughs> make sure there's some ketchup and mayonnaise in that fridge Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to our first episode of Rock on the Mainland podcast. Fafitai lava. We want to give another shout out to Lane Vision for producing this podcast. Um, oh, also, um, we are going to be available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Pod, um, really anywhere that you can get your podcast. So make sure that you look us up. Also, we are going to be leaving a message down below. Can you put it right here? Can you put it right here, Lane Vision? <laughs> um, we're going to leave a link down below where you guys can click on to leave us a voicemail. Tell us what you love. Tell us what you hated. Tell us about our podcast. Any ideas that you guys have, um, any topics or any input, really. We would love to hear from you all. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Feels like longer than forever, yeah. My home is now a distant land. If I had one wish, I wish I could be back on the rock in the middle of the sea. My heart is calling me.